0: The Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency was established in 1949, then known as the Game and Fish Commission. For over 65 years, we've been on mission to preserve, conserve, manage, protect, and enhance the fish and wildlife of Tennessee. With support of hunters and anglers, we've come a long way since 1949, and now your TWRA is working even harder to enhance your outdoor experiences. A great way to keep up with what's going on is to visit our website at tnwildlife.org or follow us on Facebook at Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, on Twitter at TN Wildlife, on Instagram at TN Wildlife Resources Agency, an even better way is to stay right here for an episode of Tennessee Wildcast. Join Jason and Doug as they discuss everything outdoors, from the Mississippi River to the Great Smoky Mountains. So now it's time for Tennessee Wildcast, live from Studio B at the TWRA headquarters in Nashville. Here are your hosts. Doug and Jason.
1: Alright, hello everybody and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. I'm Doug Marble. And I'm Jason Harmon. We thank y'all for joining us today. We are Facebook Live and we is, we are back in action. It's been a while.
2: We are. Welcome back from China.
1: Yeah, I was out in China for a little while.
2: What's it like in China?
1: Uh, it's uh it's different. We'll big. say that. It's big, there's saw a lot of people. Saw the Great Wall, saw Tiananmen Square, and a lot of people.
2: And brought back? <laughs>
1: And brought back our daughter. Uh, we adopted from China. That's why I was out congratulations. there. Congratulations. Thank awesome. you. And um, and it's been a great three, four weeks with her right now. And, What's and your we're, name? We're learning to know, get to know her. Uh, Riley May.
2: Riley May joins Tucker.
1: Yep, Tucker, right. Riley May, and Miss Amy. So. Well, congratulations, Tucker. That's all the along. four of us. Yeah.
2: Well, welcome back. Thank
1: you. Thank they thank you got
2: good fishing in China?
1: Uh, they had some live fish at the Walmart market. Yeah. (laughs) They
2: They had
1: everything at the Walmart market (laughs) in China, Okay, (laughs) fresh meats Uh, all around.
2: Well, listen, we got a good show today. I know people are excited because this Saturday is the Saturday, right? That's right. Start the deer season. Yeah. This Saturday, Chuck Joseph is our guest today. I know a lot of you excited to see Chuck on the show. Chuck is the assistant chief of wildlife and forestry. That's correct. That forestry in there,
3: right?
2: That's right. All right. Yes, Chuck, sir. Chuck's gonna be talking to you about. We're gonna be asking him questions about the deer season, mm-hmm. and um, about CWD and EHD and all that fun stuff. We have a great state for deer, and that's the message that we're trying to put. We want a positive message out there, Chuck. But we want to warn them, warn everybody, not just hunters, but everybody who will listen to us about chronic wasting disease. And we're gonna to get to that in a few minutes. Okay? We don't have it. We don't want it. We want to keep Tennessee CWD free, right on, and we're yeah. be working toward that. Trying weekend. to brand that
1: slogan: "Keep Tennessee CWD free." And, and
2: we do. We need help of everybody out there to help us to, to to keep it free, and it's closing in on us. And we'll talk about that in in a minute. So, but anyway, the season starts this weekend, mm-hmm. Saturday. It's yep. archery season, archery only season. Right, and you archery hunters have a long way to go. Chuck, we got a bunch of archery hunters.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, certainly we do. It's one of our that's more popular types of deer hunting for sure
2: okay it gives them a long time to get out there yeah and, it and, certainly
3: does and, and, and they get the first shot at it so very first shot
2: and i got a question i'm asking in a few minutes on this list of questions i got for Yeah, Chuck, we're gonna be here a while because i want to know why why there why we have certain season set where we do and all that stuff and get you to answer all that but anyway the season starts 23rd make sure you have all your licenses make sure you got your big game licenses your big game archery or your muzzle muzzleloader or a gun or whatever you're going to do or, or unless you have a lifetime or an or annual sportsman's license and you're A-OK, right? That's right. All right. Of course, and
3: there's the landowner provision as well.
2: The landowner provision, which is in that guide. I get a lot of questions on Facebook and a lot of that information's right in the guide. and. Usually, when it's writing a guide, I write back and say, Look in our guide. Yeah. Because we've worked hard to put all that information in that guide. And where can you get to... all that
1: information, Doug?
2: TNWildlife.org. That's right.
1: TNWildlife.org. And all you right. can uh, find out where to buy your license, how to buy your license, which ones to buy, and all that. And all that good stuff.
2: We've been working hard. Jason and I have been, along with our web administrator. Let's give mm-hmm. her a little shout out, yeah, Michelle Ray. Michelle, yes. And uh, to make the website easier for you to navigate. And if you go on our website, you'll see guides right at the top, right at the very top. Mm-hmm. Click on that, and you'll see all four of our guides out there so every guide that we've got is there and easy to find and that does include the fishing guide trying to make the the, uh the fishing guide and the boating id book
1: make it easy for you yeah our boating
2: book yeah all right okay you got any questions before we go Uh, not really
1: any questions are we going to hit deer seasons first yeah
2: all right we are well we got a lot of questions and my first one to chuck is chuck it's with the season coming on what's it looking like
3: well there's no reason to doubt that it's going to be great um the the only uh, negative thing I would share is that um, I'm I'm holding James Kelly, our deer program leader, <laughs> personally responsible for the 80 degrees that we're predicted to have on Saturday. So it's supposed to be 85 degrees, and I'm even doubting whether or not I'll go on Saturday because of that. But other than that, there's there's no reason to think that it it won't be great.
2: Okay, all right. Well, you know we've had some pretty cool weather. Some of the duck hunters, early season duck hunters, had some nice mild days to get up and go. Uh, wood duck hunting and and goose hunting and all that Uh, but it is going to warm back up it's september and it's tennessee but still as we said there's a long way to go we had a harvest last year of close to 160,000, i think Mm -hmm. chuck give or take are we pretty much on par where we've been for years in tennessee
3: yeah we are And uh thinking more specifically about this upcoming archery season you know we've had some timely rains uh in the late summer and now early fall and uh the 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 food plots, if if people manage those, should be in in bet a lot better shape than last year, and um, it's just it, it should be good.
2: All right, well, um, population wise in Tennessee, about how many deer statewide? Is that more of a James Kelly question? <laughs> it,
3: it 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 is. I it's uh you know it's it's hard to tie me down on that number. Um, but, uh, since we're here live, I'll throw up, I'll throw out 750,000. That sounds esti- like a good deer, deer, deer population estimation.
2: I, I think that's about, it. I was just testing you. I think that's what James <laughs> said last <laughs> time. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, any big changes this year? We got any more is, are there any restrictions on antler, um, sizes, links? Are there any bag limit changes, anything new in 2017, 18?
3: You know, it's, it's really no different th- than the previous year. There's no, there's no significant changes, um, it's, you know, you might, it, it's kind of strange replying that way because it kind of seems like, well, why why wasn't there anything? Well, there wasn't anything because th- there didn't seem to, to need to be any changes. So mm-hmm. we're just, we're carrying on from how we were the previous year.
1: And we want to see how that two two buck limit's working, right? You know, That's right. You know,
3: and the, the antler restrictions and all that. Well, it, you know, all indications are is that, I mean, you don't have to look far to see how good, uh, or how successful hunters are being and uh last last year was certainly a good example of that if you if you were able to see pictures from hunters and and then you know we had the, the tucker buck experience so man it's it's outstanding
2: well that that is a question was last year unusual is it an indicator where we are we had a lot of big deer taken in tennessee last year a lot of photographs showing up the world record buck with the tucker buck uh, here in middle tennessee um steven tucker's 40, I think it's 47 points, and, and uh, not a massive rack as in big, but beautiful as in lots of points, but we saw some massive racks. Is that unusual, or did, were we just seeing a lot of photographs last year? Are we becoming a bigger buck state?
3: Well, I would say that, you know, it, it was definitely unusual in the sense of the Tucker Buck. I mean, that's probably once-in-a-lifetime yeah, event uh, yeah. for, for us uh, staff members, but um, – Beyond that it was just a it was a great year and you know each year we at least in the last uh five it's been it's been outstanding. So I, I don't expect anything less. Uh, we just have, have have great deer hunting and, and the pictures prove it. So
2: Yeah, for sure. Um we do have great deer hunting out of the good Tennessee and you still we still have your choice. There's a lot of if you look in our guide you'll see the areas of the state or the zones of the state. And we still manage based on, I guess, where their population, Chuck, is where there's more deer and less deer. But regardless of where you go, there's plenty of opportunities from east to west Tennessee and everything in between to harvest deer. Two That's statewide right. limit on buck. That's right. Then some bonus bucks on certain WMAs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, antlerless hunts or a lot of doe, but antlerless hunts, we call it, that are, that are just uh, everywhere
3: yeah plenty of opportunities to harvest uh, whatever type of deer you prefer for mm-hmm. sure and let's
2: remind them Chuck what is when we talk about an antlerless animal now, what are we talking about
3: well, an antlerless animal could be a um, a six month old deer it could, you know a fawn uh or it could just be simply a mature doe
2: okay and now the, but if it breaks, if the antlers break the hairline
3: if there if there's antler protruding above the hairline, whether it's male or female, it's considered an antler deer, and that's what you have. Uh, limit of two for the year
2: okay And this uh-huh. is
3: a
1: good example i mean in the hunting guide it lays it all out right there and shows you what is and isn't an antler or antlerless deer so check your hunting guide
2: yeah make sure you have that guide and go online to look if you don't have it um chuck let's talk about ehd and then we're going to get into cwd in a, in a few minutes deer are out there they're subject to diseases like any other critter people are subject to them the illnesses we've had an outbreak of something called ehd or hd hemorrhagic disease Mm -hmm. what is that and and where are we seeing it most in tennessee and has it gotten to that point yet where we're just really concerned
3: well it's it's a it's a normal occurrence in tennessee Uh, we we expect to hear of cases every year Uh, it's just really sporadic and uh, the severity depends on, on the year and based on local conditions. But it's a, it's a viral disease. It's passed by midges, and it passes from animal to animal. And midges, you know, you might hear them referred to as gnats or no seums or there's some other things that uh, folks refer to them as. But, but anyway, essentially they hop from, from deer to deer and can pass this, this viral disease. And it may or may not uh, result in death of the animal. Uh, it, it depends. It depends on whether or not the, the animal has the antibodies or not, and the, the, the severity of the symptoms can vary. Um, you know, it's it's one of the most significant diseases for deer. However, you know, we kind of just expect it and plan for it annually. And there's not much we well, there's not anything we can do about it other mm-hmm. than monitor it.
2: Okay, all right. There was an outbreak in two thousand seven where deer died all over this state. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a big outbreak. They recovered. They came back, and they're doing fine now. Uh, the outbreak that I'm hearing mostly, Chuck, unless you can correct me here, is most of it's in the eastern part of the state, um, not so much in middle and west. Is that correct still?
3: Yeah, barely any uh, cases in west Tennessee, uh, some some in middle, but yeah, you get to the east, you have more. But it's about over. You know, it'll okay. be over in October. Once, it, like
2: first frost over you know, there. First frost.
3: It's, it's it kills it's the bug. Probably done. So
2: okay. All right. So, but nothing. No, nothing alarming. Nothing coming close to two thousand seven. I'm taking it.
3: No, no, I don't. I don't believe so.
2: Okay. All right. Well, and, and of course, we would keep you informed if it was uh, if it was getting like that. Um, got to talk about chronic wasting disease. We're making an all out effort on chronic wasting disease. Different from from hemorrhagic disease. EHD. Yeah. EHD. And, you know, when HD goes around, we don't have to worry about talking about EHD for a while. But right now we do because even on Facebook, you can tell when we're talking, folks are coming in there and they're thinking that um, that CWD is EHD because they're seeing dead deer. There's some confusion going on there, I think. But very different. They're different. One is bad. The other is is terrible. Mm-hmm. What is chronic wasting disease and um, do we have it in Tennessee?
3: Now, Doug, as you know, this is a really big subject, so keep fishing if you don't get exactly what you need out
2: <laughs> well, I'm good at trying to fish, so there you go. The,
3: the, uh, trying, sy- trying, to trying Got that right, yeah. <laughs> the, trying. The, the symptoms of uh, chronic wasting disease are very similar to EHD, so I can okay. understand why people would uh, get, those, get those confused. Some differences between the two, uh, chronic wasting disease is always fatal. Uh, once we get it, Uh, It's going to be a nightmare uh, for deer managers and and for the wildlife agency. It's a deer hunter and deer manager's worst nightmare Mm -hmm. to have it in their local area. Uh, You know, it would, uh, long-term, would have high population impacts more so than EHD would. It's going to require drastic uh, regulation changes, which are generally not popular uh, with hunters. So they're just done out of necessity to contain the disease. But the disease itself is uh, always fatal and it's 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 caused by the misfolding of a protein so it's not viral like ehd and it's not bacterial either um there's a lot of unknowns and that's one of the scariest things about chronic wasting disease a lot of unknowns but it, we do know it's caused by mis, misfolded protein that ultimately ends up in holes in the brain so the animal's gonna it's gonna pass it's not gonna survive and uh the the uh, intensity of the disease or the prevalence of the disease grows over time and um, w- what else would you like to know? Well yeah point?
2: you're, you're ta- how is it it's in 24 states right. we've got information out on Facebook about it and mm-hmm. our website where you can go into more detail and, and, some and in learn about it it's got two provinces in Canada 24 states out of the continental or contiguous mm-hmm. United States it looks like it's closing in on us. Uh, it looks like it's going to try to wrap around us. Can we stop it from coming to Tennessee? Ultimately, are we going to be able to stop this thing?
3: Well, we can't afford to not try right. to stop it. All right? Uh, it's you know I, I I don't have a crystal ball, but what I what I do have is is uh, serious concern, and uh, and and we've got to do what we can to keep it out of our state because it, it will change deer management overnight. Uh, it'll change how the agency is focused. Uh, it'll just it'll it'll just change uh, everything about deer management. So we w- we want to prevent that if we can. There's
2: that psychological thing too, or mental thing. If you think you have, if, if I were if I were a deer hunter and I knew I had CWD anywhere near me, even though we're, it's not known yet, just sp- we don't know that it spreads to people. It doesn't seem to or livestock. There's still got to be that thing in your head thinking, am I going to be the one? Uh, wrong on that or, or or do you think there's a psychological thing that could happen if we got it and
3: well i mean you just have to look at states that have it states that have it have seen a decline in hunters in those areas where it exists and then they've seen an increase in people testing their deer before they consume them and uh you know there's there's questions there's 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 research that's that's going through um uh, not sure what the what the right wording is, but anyway, there's some preliminary research results out there that that repose the question: Can it impact humans? So far, we don't, we haven't seen a case of chronic wasting disease in humans, uh, which is which is great news, but there's there's huge concern about that. So, um, you know, we we we've, we've again we've got to do what we can to keep it out of our state and you know the agency is actively working to do that but it's going to take a partnership between hunters and and the agency to be successful and we
2: are help us if you're seeing this help us and i think you know we talk about hunters and how it impacts them the herds not just deer elk our small elk herd would be jeopardized depending on where it, it came but wildlife watchers people love watching deer and uh same thing with them if it gets into an area the agency would have to take action, and that action would possibly mean, would that mean having to go in and kill some deer in some areas? Do we know that?
3: Well, yeah, I think it's safe to assume that uh, if it's found in an area that we're going to have to increase our sampling in that area. Now, ideally, you would do that through hunter harvest. So, you know, that's what we'll try to do initially, and hopefully we'll get enough samples that way. If not, then, then agency staff, uh, would would have to partner with with landowners, whether it be uh, governments or if it's uh private landowners uh, to work towards increasing that sampling to really get a feel for the prevalence rate
2: okay all right that's if we get it we don't want to get it so how what's the best method of telling everyone how not to get it? what's the message
3: well i guess primarily it's helping people understand the threat and and uh, Generally speaking, how the disease works, but and we should probably go back to some of that. Um,
2: we will, but mm-hmm. one of the
3: most uh, notable things is, is you know, we have a lot of hunters that travel out of state to hunt deer, uh, elk, moose, and caribou, and they're they're you know, they want to bring these animals back. Well, if, if they're um, if they're if they go to states that, that have had chronic wasting disease, then they're going to be required to follow certain restrictions. bring them back into Tennessee and these restrictions are in place to keep uh, the diseased or potentially diseased um, parts of the animal back where they came from as opposed to entering them into Tennessee.
2: Okay all right there are five or six things and they're all listed on the website we've talked about we're gonna do a a video too with a a taxidermist Chris Budd here in Tennessee uh, and uh, showing folks what clean teeth look like, what a clean skull looks like. We're going to do all this as a part of our effort to let everybody know. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is if you go there and you come back, make sure it's done right. I know we had some deer brought back in from other states last year Mm -hmm. that weren't done properly. And where we caught them, we had to confiscate the deer to test them. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, it's it's a, it's a threat. It's a threat to entering the disease into our state, and not only that, but it's evidence for for a case, a prosecution uh, through the court system. So, so that those animals, uh, the the state would take custody of those animals, and then we have to keep those animals and wait on you know whatever the judge the, orders regarding them. Okay. And uh, you know the will we'll be talking to the courts about. Uh, Disposing of those animals in such a way that's sanitary to prevent disease
2: spread. Okay. Did we have any animals that we know of right now that were brought back with chronic waste and disease? We have not. Okay.
3: That would have made the headlines.
2: And there was somebody commenting. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it would have. There was somebody commenting on Facebook talking about, well, you know, I already hunt on the line. I go across. Virginia has, it's reported it last year, Arkansas, both neighbors. And they said, well, I'm going across the line. These deer don't know where the line is. They're coming back and forth. But one thing I want to point out is that Arkansas and Virginia, they have found them, but they're still 100 miles away or plus. Is that correct? From our our state line.
3: Yeah, I'd say that's a good approximation. But, you know, it's – pretty blunt but it's pretty black and white it's you have positive states and non-positive states and the ones that are positive you've got to follow those restrictions before you bring them into tennessee period
2: yeah we don't care if you go into the state and we're just doing the best we can here to keep cwd Mm -hmm. away from us because like you said once you got it you got it forever um or at least it seems that way right now
3: yeah and and if you find it you're going to look back and think boy i'm glad you know i'm glad we did all we could to, to prevent it uh, you're not going to regret any action that you took to keep it out of the state.
2: No. Okay. And, and but do your homework if you go out of state before you go. There's going to be taxidermists local. Or, or if you want to do it yourself, most of the time there are. There are some places where you're not going to have a taxidermist nearby. And, and you might need to do the things that, that are required of you. And that's why we're making that video mm-hmm. to let folks see kind of what they can do. And then we're going to make even a longer one later when we have time. That goes through the full process. We're gonna do everything we can to help you understand what you gotta do if you go out of state. Um, there's something called Servid, and it takes some time to put it in press releases or talk about it, but Servid is just, is that just the overall family name for deer? What does that mean?
3: Yeah, just very simply, it's the deer family.
2: The deer family. So when you're talking about anything like a moose or an elk or a whitetail deer, it's a Servid. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's correct. What do they look like when they get sick? What are the symptoms?
3: Well, I, I I may oversimplify things, but if you just <clears throat> focus on the name of disease, chronic wasting disease, they basically look like they're wasting away. So emaciation is the way I describe it. Uh, you know, they'll have they'll have other symptoms like a like a fever, uh, depression, and other things, but those aren't things that are as observable uh, as just you know a, a weak looking uh, bony animal.
2: Okay, um, like again, because we're in the EHD time of the year, that's also what they sort of look like when they have EHD, mm-hmm. so that's where it's a little confusing right now until this bug gets by. But we still want to know. I mean, if you are we wanting people to report to us if they think they're seeing either deer EHD or CWD?
3: Yeah, we'd, appre- we'd appreciate those port reports for sure um, because that gives us a sampling opportunity, um, you know, for both types of diseases. Can you see anything? Yeah, we've got
1: a few questions coming in, but uh, we'll have to get back to those later. They're kind of off topic, and we'll try to get those folks those answers. Okay. Right now, we've got a few questions coming in, not many. Okay. But thanks for watching. We've got quite a few people out there watching right now.
2: Well, good, good. Um, All right, Chuck. One other thing that I definitely want to point out, we're, we're trying to tell folks about how not to bring it in here, but if it should happen, there is a plan in place to deal with it. Is that correct?
3: That's correct.
2: What is that plan or what's in a nutshell? What, what does that mean?
3: Well, I I would describe it as um, a a response plan where our response is going to be to make the proper notifications to the public and, and to um, government leaders so we we make those notifications and then and then we 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 go to the local area and then we go to work on sampling and determining just how prevalent it is and then we have to think about what regulatory changes have to happen uh to to contain the disease you know okay. for for example uh you, you you would expect for um the bag limits in those counties to uh, be increased to try to encourage more harvest Cause, you want to bring that you you want to bring the prevalence rate down, and you're going to have to do that by dropping the deer harvest
2: okay all right blue tongue I've seen that on Facebook quite a few times. is this blue tongue
3: well now we're talking about hemorrhagic disease again you Cor- correct yeah, I'm confusing so.
2: myself stay on c w d for a minute all right uh c w d we'll go back to blue tongue in a minute, It's just in my mind because I'm looking at Facebook um on the see. C- WD. The plan's in place, and and it's available on our website. Is that correct, if they want to go look at it?
3: It is. Yeah, that's correct.
2: Right
1: now it's on the homepage.
2: Yeah, if you look on the homepage, you'll see, because we're trying to put it out there preeminently. Is that something that that gets updated from time to time, or is it in place and set in stone? And do we work with other state agencies to get ideas from them?
3: I'd say that the overall response plan is set in stone. The uh, where where things could vary is, is we, we commonly refer to it as operational plan which is more detailed, you know that's it, it's hard to predict those details um, right now until you know uh, where the exactly where the disease is found, so those are some some details that'll have to be ironed out quickly uh, once we go live. Uh, so that that's where some things can vary, but yeah, absolutely. We're you know we're learning from other states' experiences, not only on uh, response but also on prevention.
2: One thing that I'm I'm glad to see about some of the other states that have it, maybe they're It's like they're trying to help educate others so that we don't get it. And I really appreciate the agencies are doing it as they work to contain it within their own state because that's what you want to do, right? If you get it in a county, you want to keep it in that county until you kill it. As much as you can, I really appreciate that it, that they're doing that. There's also a site that's CWD Alliance that mm-hmm. tells you all about it uh, across the country. Is is that a site that uh, good source to send them to?
3: Yeah, the CWD C, excuse me, CWD Alliance dot org is is a good website. Uh, USDA has some good content out there. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I tend to live in my Tennessee bubble and forget, but there there's you know federal federal responses to this. Um, it's a, a federal initiative, and there's just gobs of information out there. Now, some of it's bad, mm-hmm. so so uh, check your sources. But those Some are of it's bad,
2: ones. not always great information. Oh, absolutely. It? Okay. All right, yeah, Always, in, and you can always talk to us through Facebook, and we can help you out uh, through some of that. You got something? Yeah, here's a
1: question that came in. Uh, it says if, you're, if you kill a deer uh, that has mm-hmm. CWD, which we don't have CWD right now in the state, but if you kill one that has CWD, does that count towards your buck limit? So, what folks, this one guy's asking, does it count towards your limit? <laughs>
2: huh. Right now it's going to count towards your limit, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh.
3: Yeah, I, you know, whether or not a, an animal is diseased doesn't determine whether it counts against your bag limit. Yeah. Right.
2: You know, we did, I had that question by a young lady last night, mm-hmm. asked me online on Facebook that, and I thought, oh, you know, my answer was almost a nice try, but <laughs> she was coming from out of state, and she was serious, did, did it count toward her bag limit? First of all, we don't have it, and just because you see a skinny deer, I mean, you can shoot it and not count it, so yeah. uh, we, we want you to tell us it's going on.
1: Unless it's a bonus buck, right? <laughs> Unless it's a bonus buck.
2: You have to check that guide out. Yeah, check that. your
1: guide, watch, watch your limits, and watch your uh, your special regulations on the
3: WMAs and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, Chuck, before we move on from CW, I want to get back to the blue tongue in a second. I'm about to mess up there. But anything else on CWD?
3: Not, not that comes to mind. I'm sure there's more. We'll probably circle back.
2: I've got one. Come
3: I've got one. Don't be that guy, right?
2: Don't be that guy. Or Don't that be, girl. Yeah. Or that sportsman. Don't, Don't be that sportsman. Be that person that brings back CWD to Tennessee. Because there is that one other thing. As much fun as they are to hunt, as much fun as they are to photograph, they bring in – Dear to Tennessee brings in millions and millions of dollars. And through the course, through history, maybe even a billion dollars mm-hmm. or two. Who knows over that time? But we're looking at, what, 60, 80 years of restoration work and management work, restoration to begin with, bringing them back, management since then to keep them stable as possible. And all this could change overnight.
3: Yeah, I mean, the University of Tennessee has estimated an immediate $46 million um, economic impact.
2: That's a big. That's a punch.
3: Uh, yeah, for for that, and that's that's not even to mention the the frustrations with, uh, the dis disposal requirements that would come with CWD, and then the change in hunting regulations and. The focus
2: that our agency would have to have. People oh, like you spending yeah. all your time on that. Yeah, that. Um, James Kelly. That's yeah, all he'd be doing.
3: Yeah, I'd. Uh, I'd it, well, yeah, it'd be a it'd big, be a great, big deal. I should also point out that, um, you know, the agency does. Annual sampling already. Thank you. I'm uh,
2: glad you did that. Yeah, yep.
3: to try to to try to detect the disease if it's here.
2: Uh, I've been doing it for a while. I can remember working at checking Station myself mm-hmm. oh, probably 10 or 12 years ago where we actually had to take off their heads mm-hmm. and took them all, and we all gathered and tried to find that. I forget what it was Obax. called. Obax. Thank Obax, you. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm glad yeah. you hit that because another question just came in. Is, this guy wants to know if there's a test. Is there a test out there that, that the public can buy to test these deer? To see if their deer might have CWD, but also I wanted you to elaborate on how you sample those deer, how you, how we sample and and test them.
3: Yeah, so we'll, I I think to date we're approaching the ten thousand mark on sampling for chronic wasting disease, and that's a lot of deer. We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna continue that. It, that involves elk too, as well. Okay. So uh, obviously we'll keep doing that. Uh, we do that through these days, just extracting a lymph node. From the animal, and then we submit that to um, a lab. It's 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 out of state actually, so that's that's how we do it. Uh, other states uh, states that are that have that are positive for chronic wasting disease, they have more avenues for sampling than we currently do. Uh, as far as I know, we're the only ones doing any uh, CWD sampling, except for some cases on big game preserves. But, uh, you know, there's there's designated labs where you can send those to. So uh, that is currently an option uh, for hunters. I don't know that anybody's doing that yet, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, they'd have to, not only re- would it require establishing a, ra- a relationship with a lab, but it would also require some, some training on uh, how to find those lymph nodes and how to... Uh, package them accordingly and get them submitted and them be in good shape and for the probably
2: lab. it'd probably be expensive for an individual to do, would it not?
3: yeah, I mean it's going to have some costs associated with it, you know those labs have a lot of overhead and it's going to require shipping mm-hmm. et cetera but uh it's hard to it's hard to say what it would cost um i mean it could it could cost i don't know somewhere between fifty and a hundred dollars if I had to guess uh but again, I'm just spitballing
2: okay all right we'd rather let us let you professionals handle all that kind of stuff and and send that on out there so um all right chuck uh also on cwd uh we want taxidermists to help us we want processors to help us we want hunters to help us we want on individuals to help us are there any other groups i'm missing there that that deal with deer all the time um especially you know when we include everyone we know everybody or most everybody loves to look at deer so we want your help too but the hunter deals with deer all the time during the hunting season anyway the processor does and the taxidermist does am i missing anybody
3: that handles them all the time maybe yeah i'm sure there's somebody we're missing i mean i i I think about uh state troopers who do accident reports i think about uh, tdot employees that you know, they're, they're responsible for picking up roadkill kill in some cases. Uh, there's, there's you know, there's other groups out there that could that could lend a hand.
2: Give us a hand. Okay. Is there anything else on there before I move on? All right, let's get back to uh, to EHD for a minute. I kind of messed up over there a while ago, but blue tongue. What is blue tongue, and is it the same as EHD, which is this biting bug that's creating this virus?
3: Okay, so EHD and blue tongue are both hemorrhagic disease. Okay. They're just two variations of the same disease. So they're different viral. Um, they're just two different viruses. Uh, same symptoms, same results. Uh, it's really the same thing, same um, inability to control it or really do anything about it. So uh, I, I, I just encourage people to, to view them as one and the same.
2: Okay. All right. Um,
3: from a deer
1: perspective. From a deer
2: anyway, perspective. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got anything else?
1: Uh, there was one question that we th- were throwing around the other day, and I don't know if Chuck had a chance to find out the answer to that, but, you know, if CWD showed up in our state and then uh, the mom, the, the doe, had a uh, a fawn, would that fawn have the CWD virus in it, or would that does that pass from
3: year to year through birth? So I'm not a disease expert. Um my wife is a whole lot educated on these things than I than I am. She's a she's a veterinarian. She's a veterinarian. Yep. So um, I asked her this question, and uh, with with absolute confidence, she said probably. And it makes sense. And it does make sense because if if you, this this is something that we failed to touch on, and some something that's it's it's uh, glad, I'm glad we went back to this, but the disease agent from chronic wasting disease can be passed from animal to animal through uh, body fluids. It can also be passed from the environment to the animal. So this is another reason why it's so dangerous because it gets in the environment and it's just there. Uh, You can't go back to CWD free. And so when it comes to, to, if you think about it from a body fluid perspective, and you think about the development of a fawn or a fetus in a in a whitetail uh, doe, then how could it how could all that happen and it not be diseased uh, when it's born? And even if it s- somehow evaded the disease, then it's going to start nursing, which is mm-hmm. you know it, is a body fluid, and it, it's just it's just bound to happen if it hadn't already. And uh, and and Jennifer agreed with me totally on that. It
2: would probably be again getting in her business. It would probably be a short lifespan for that that though, right? I wouldn't yeah.
3: So, so another another few things to know about chronic wasting disease is that an animal could have it for quite some time before it starts showing signs mm. of the disease, and uh, in in areas where it's very prevalent, like in some uh, cases in Wisconsin, some areas in Wisconsin, the animals only live long enough to replace themselves before they pass to the to the disease so uh what you end up with is you come you end up with a much younger age structure of deer and uh and most of them uh will succumb to the disease you know once they get past that uh early maturity so you're you're looking probably by two and a half uh they could be dying to disease so they have just lived long enough to to reproduce
2: okay we don't we don't want it here we're going to run out of time here a minute we want to Go ahead and tell everybody to remember to look on page twenty-two of the hunting guide, whether you look at it on our on our website through the digital process or you get a hard copy, which is available at stores all over the place. There's the seasons right there. Archery season coming up, you got a long season. Young sportsmen will follow that at the end of October. Then you got your muzzle hunt, which uh, Chuck, that's the, the we'll sort of wrap it up with this question I'm coming up with here in a second. And then you have uh, got the the muzzleloader, and then you have the gun muzzleloader, archery, and then another, and then another juvenile hunt. Why do the hunts fall like they do? Why do the archers go first, followed by well, obviously juvenile? But then you have the um, the muzzleloader and the gun. Is there a reason for that? And if you only had one of those seasons that you could hunt, which one would it be?
3: Uh, I like the second half of that question for sure. <laughs> I, I would I would describe the reason why they're laid out like they are is just based on the Tennessee hunting culture you know that may it may not have been what you thought you'd hear from me but you probably thought more of a biological reasoning did. Yep. but uh, if you look at, at any state you look at you'll see that there's a really strong and sometimes unique hunting culture uh, that that people are just that's just the way they do it and, and they're proud of that so there's some of that built into this some some more of the rationale is that you know Archery is more difficult. the The success of archery hunters is going to be lower than muzzleloader or gun hunter. So there's this there's this progression through our seasons of the most difficult, uh, far, uh, most difficult uh, method of, of yeah. hunting mm-hmm. uh, to the to what you might say is the easiest. Or the or the least difficult. So you start with archery, this is most difficult. Then you go to muzzleloader, which is a little you know it's still tough. More primitive um, than your equipment. It's it's e- it's easier than bow hunting, but it's tougher than gun hunting. Hmm. And then you go to gun, which is the least difficult. So um, I I would say that, that, that that's probably the uh, the second strongest re- reasoning why. Now my second my favorite, and I, I get a little torn about this. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about this the other day. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter uh, what the method is for me, bow gun or archery. I love them all. Uh, it, but because uh, December 15th is during gun season, that's my favorite. That's that's if if you wanna if you want to target the rut, you can pretty much say December 15th is the time uh, that that week uh, when when things are uh, on average the best. Okay. If you're if you're looking to hunt the rut and you're interested in mature bucks, and I, I'm
2: there. Would some people argue with you and say it's November fifteenth or November? 15th? Oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's something fun to debate. People <laughs> love doing it. Now there's another there's another uh, unique opportunity in the season, uh, which is this weekend is is hunting those deer that that they aren't spooked, they haven't been pressured, they're still in their summer feeding patterns, uh, and and you can pattern them easier. And uh, some, some people have, have killed some of their uh, most mature uh, deer during that time of year. And I, I, like, I like that angle too, so mm-hmm. it, I'm kind okay. of torn on what's my favorite. But if I had to pick one, it would be around that December 15th week.
2: Okay. And I want to remind without looking that if you're an archery-only hunter, if you look in our guide, you'll find what counties have uh, some turkey hunting available in it. And you can, if it's a designated county, you can also take a turkey that's right during this hunt one turkey which is a nice little bonus to have out Mm -hmm. there too so make sure you check the guide and see where it is you got anything else
1: I think we're about ready to wrap it up what do you think I think we are it was a good show Chuck thanks. you did great thanks for being with us Chuck. we'll get
2: you back we got a yeah. long deer season to go and once you get back in here and get James Kelly in here can you can you like say hey James you need to come down here and be on the I program. can do that okay, yeah. we'll <laughs> he's got some pull yeah. yeah we'll see what we can do that's Mr. A pretty Kevin. easy thing for me today I think James wants to come on we need to get him on here he's our uh, statewide deer biologist Chuck Yost assistant um, chief of wildlife, wildlife and forestry, forestry. Well, you know about trees. <laughs> That's another thing. More than you think. I bet you do. I bet you do. All right, everybody. We appreciate you watching. We'll be back. When we want to get more questions from you. We, yeah. Somehow we got to figure out how to give them a notice that we're going to be doing this I stuff. enjoyed this,
1: being live on Facebook and getting a few questions in. That was great. And we'll try to go back and answer those that didn't get answered and, and uh, follow up here after the show.
2: Okay. All but, right. Um, We'll be back. I don't know what we'll talk about next week, but we'll be back. We're going to have something good. The deer season's here. All the seasons are opening soon, one after the other, after the other.
1: Maybe we'll have some big pictures of big deer being killed first week of the season. Yeah. Hopefully one for me. Yeah, a few fish I think Chuck's got a few uh, out there on his farm. I can't say. We'll show it.
2: (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. See you all soon.